Today on the big show, we check in with Jason Rylander from North Country Guides, and he says, don't worry about this stormy weather. It might slow them down a little bit, but once we get a pile of thunder and lightning, that might push them out of the shallows for, for a short amount of time, but I really don't find it affecting fish dramatically unless we get some sort of really, really, really nasty weather that turns the water up and stuff. But but even then, when water clouds up, those fish relax, come back shallow, the fishing gets even better with with some churned up water. It's coming up next. to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, we're checking in with uh, Jason Rylander from North Country Guide Service. Jason, welcome back to the show. Great to have you in. Good to talk to you again, Kev. Hey, what is happening fishing-wise in our neck of the woods these days? Um, I've been doing a lot of catching lately, which is fun. <laughs> that's, that's, that's always good, yes. <laughs> yeah, we had a busy week here over the 4th, Matt and I, and I even had to bring in some other guides with, with the amount of tourism in the area, and we got out on Lake Bemidji and, and put some fish in the boat. There was young of the year perch and bugs hatching and walleyes biting. And it was, uh, once you found the fish, it was kind of grind on them, but you're able to pick up a walleye here and there and some, and some really, really nice quality fish. You know, Jason, one of the differences between guys like you that do the guiding and guys like me that are, you know, occasional anglers is you guys know how to find success even in the midst of a bug hatch. I I never understood why guys don't like bug hatches because I it seems like I do better during bug hatches. There's one little secret, and we'll put it out on the radio. You want to use something that looks like a bug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And boy, do boy do small orange spinny things and night crawlers sure put fish in the boat. Cover water, find those active fish. Try to make your bait look like a like a like a like the hatch match the hatch right and of course yeah when they're you know eating they'll they'll bite and so you just got to get your stuff in the midst of all those bugs exactly exactly a bottom bouncer like i said bottom bouncer spinner and and a night crawler is is tough to beat during a bug hatch so where are the fish hanging out these days i'm finding fish in the weeds, in shallow, where I always find them. Um, but for the most part, where I've had most of my success is uh, weed edges, break edges. I'm still fishing uh, some shoreline shoreline breaks, you know, some, along some of those feeding flats and weed areas. But uh, also now we're seeing fish starting to use the mid-lake humps, and I'm pulling some fish off of those now, too. Okay. Do stuff like on Bemidji, you're looking at finding the fish on the break line on on the rock pile or, or on grassy. Okay. Um, Lake Bemidji is quite a fishery. Um, it really does continue to be in the shadow of some of the bigger brothers and sisters here in Paul Bunyan country, but that lake just seems to crank out fish every year quietly and efficiently. It's a fish factory. I mean, the, 
the spawning successes fish have with the, with the river system running through it is is tremendous. And you know, to go out to Lake Bemidji and and go catch dinner is is usually not an issue. There's so many of those. I call them teeners, those 13 to 17 inch fish. The lake is just plumb full of them. And then every once in a while, you know, you're, you're catching a 20, a 24, or the 26 inch fish uh, in amongst those. But but just the amount of of quality eater fish that system kicks out is is just unbelievable. And it's all natural. And as far as I know, it has it has been all natural basically forever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're not stocking it. You've got that Mississippi River running through. The, the walleyes have tremendous uh, spawning structure. I mean, even you know, I think there's a lot of fish that, that spawn up on that north end or even Diamond Bar, I'm sure, see some see some fish spawning on. But that thing is a factory, and even with all the muskies in there eating them, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's still plenty for us anglers to catch. No doubt. Uh, no and doubt I, about and that. I say that musky thing is a joke. You know that, yeah. right? Yes, I do. They don't eat. They <laughs> don't eat walleyes. They eat babies. Right. No. <laughs> it has. It certainly hasn't affected it. I have yet to see a walleye or a, a musky lake that has a, a negligible walleye population. They usually no. go hand in hand. Actually. Exactly. The best. The best musky lakes in the state are funny. They're also the best walleye fishing lakes in the state. Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple of days of storms and rain. Looks like we can't have another one today. Your your thoughts on how that might affect fishing in the next day or two? No, I might slow them down a little bit, but I mean, I, unless we get a pile of thunder and lightning, that might push them out of the shallows for for a short amount of time. But I really don't find it affecting fish dramatically unless we get some sort of really, really, really nasty weather that turns the water up and stuff. But but even then, when water clouds up, those fish relax, come back shallow, the fishing gets even better with with some churned up water. Outside of Bemidji, what other lakes have you been fishing this year? Oh boy, I've been running around. I've got a tournament uh, this week, uh, actually on Friday, yeah, on Otter Tail, so I'll be down there tomorrow trying to put a plan together quick for my father and I, and spent some time on Grand Rapids recently, did the Graha over there, and that lake once again kicked my butt. We had some nice pre-fishing that quality fish coming out of that that Pekegama system is incredible um i've also been been to canada a few times already spent some time in ontario got some lake trout small eyes and got an early season muskie up there and yeah been doing doing a lot of stuff locally even expanding doing the 30 40 minute drive some park rapids area lakes out west over to Clearwater, trying to trying to catch some long walleyes and have had said some success, but I always like exploring those new bodies of water, and and I'm having to drive a little bit further to do that. To do that now, you know, um, if you can take the time to do it, it's well worth it. Just because there's so many cool things here, uh, you know, within an hour to an hour and a half of of the Bemidji area, um, that it's a shame that we don't get to see nearly nearly as many of them as we should. Well, yeah, that's that's just it. I mean, if I can fish. Now, as I've fished a bunch of these lakes, if I can fish four or five new ones a summer, it's so much fun. You just go break down a new body of water and see what they have to offer for structure and and class size of fish. And getting there's so many lakes just in that Park Rapids area. I mean, a guy could spend one day a week all summer and still not even touch all those lakes. Jason Rylander, my guest from North Country Guide Service. We're just getting started. A ton more to cover with Jason. Stick around. 
This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Take good notes so you sound smart. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Jason Rylander, my guest today from North Country Guide Service. Jason, going back to Pokegama for a second, though, I, I for whatever reason, it just kind of worked out that all the guys I've been talking to the last week and a half or so fished that tournament and spent a lot of time mm-hmm. on Pokegama lately. Uh, yeah. It is an amazing fishery, and you had you got a beauty uh, in pre-fishing. saw that on Facebook. How big was that fish? Uh, just a little over 29. And, <laughs> That's a big it, walleye. It, it definitely... It definitely didn't, uh, wasn't starving to death. It was healthy. <laughs> it was healthy. I mean, I wish we'd had a scale in the boat, but I'm guessing, you know, everybody's 10 pounds, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'd, um, I'm pretty confident that, that was a nine pound fish. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, the, those wallets don't come along every day, but well, they do on Pacagama, I think, if you fish it hard enough, but that's always a fun hook set when your rod and wrist just kind of, oh, boy. This is a good one. <laughs> well, and, and I've heard this about Pacagama walleyes from a few different people. They're strong, and they're far more aggressive than a lot of walleyes in other lakes. It's What's funny is you, you catch a lot of smallmouth mixed in with those walleyes when you're, when you're out there fishing. And you typically, unless that smallmouth jumps, if that smallmouth stays down, those walleyes are fighting as hard as smallmouth. We all know how hard smallmouth fight. Yeah. It's, Something about those fish, they they do not fight. That that 29 just kicked my butt. Wow. When you talk about, it took several minutes to reel in. It took several minutes to reel in. Wow. Yeah. So great walleyes, great smallmouth out there. Monster northern's down deep in that lake. You got lake trout as well. Um, it's, it's a really amazing fishery. And yet, uh, despite huge numbers of fish in there, it is not the easiest lake in the world to fish. No, it's not. And I think as a if, for your fishermen, fishermen, it's a super fun lake because of the the large size of fish. For your average angle that's angler that's looking to go out and get a meal, probably not on the top of the list <laughs> as far as uh, going to get. I mean, you could catch fish that you know for table fare, but you know there's much better lakes or or easier lakes maybe to go get to go catch dinner on the Pokegama, but as far as just reeling in fish and having a fun time, it's tough to beat Pokegama. Uh Talk a little bit about Ottertail. You're getting a, a tournament down there. That's, that's I think, your home waters, right? Yep, I grew up just, just south of Ottertail, 35, 40 minutes uh, in Ashby, Minnesota, and done this tournament now a few years with my dad. We've Kind of been a fish away each year from from cracking the top ten. So maybe this year we can put all the pieces together. But Ottertail's a a fun fun lake. Um, it it reminds me of of Bemidji in a lot of ways with the uh, the class of fish. Just a lot a lot of those those teeter teener eater fish again. And again, that stems I think from from great spawning habitat with the uh, with the river running through it, the Ottertail River. Yeah. Got sturgeon surfacing all day. They're kind of fun to watch, and then there's so many things you can do out there. There's deep humps. They have those. They have a number of big shallow flats that the fish really utilize. There's weed fish, and and I've kind of the little bit I've been down there. I've been able to do a little bit of everything, and and put fish in the boat. Last year we got 
most of our fish run in bouncers and spinners on a on a break line weed edge. Uh, then put a couple fish together in the boat with uh, doing some casting out jig wraps in shallow water, and then finished our day and got our biggest fish using a rig in a creek chub right along a, another big weed edge and flat. So really, really fun lake and a big body of water. You know, it's probably about twice the size of Bemidji. Wow. So what all will we find there? You mentioned sturgeon. That you know, all I think when I think sturgeon, I think Lake of the Woods and uh, and and rainy. That's about all I ever hear. Um, but apparently, there are other places to catch sturgeon. Yeah, they reintroduced them into Ottertail a handful of years ago. I think they're they're seeing some fish in that pushing that fifty inch class now. The last few years on the river, I don't know. I don't know the fishing regulations or laws what they've got going on down there, if they've still protected them or not. I think I hooked one incidentally in the tournament years ago or two years ago, I think. Okay. And, of course, we were in the middle of a walleye tournament. I was going to screw around with the sturgeon, so I broke it off. But, uh, but yeah, they've they've made a comeback in a big way. Uh, and one day it was calm, sitting out on that big wadi water. and I mean, it was every couple minutes a sturgeon breaking the surface doing something. So they, they've done a really, really good job uh, coming back down there in that Otter Tail River system. Have you ever actually fished them? I've fished sturgeon a lot, but just up on the rainy. I've never fished them down there. Okay. That's a very, very popular thing. It's getting more popular all the time. Oh, yeah. It's it's one of my favorite things. In fact, my wife doesn't fish with me often, but if it's sturgeon fishing, she's in. That's her. And that's how I get all... Sometimes I get my toys. I just tell her, "Hey, we need this for sturgeon fishing," and she says, "Okay, get two of them." <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, one of our bucket list trips that her and I are trying to plan is I want to go to British Columbia, do that Fraser River, and get some white sturgeon. Oh, Take her goodness. out there, do that someday. That is, I've heard rumors of fish of what nearing a thousand pounds. Yeah, like ten, twelve footers. Or yeah. Just, yeah, it's a whole other class of sturgeon. Wow. Um, okay, so what what else will we find on our tail? You've got great panfish, uh, crappies and sunfish on some of those those weed beds. I've caught those while I've been out there, kind of playing around. Of course, they've got a the pike population is the what's nice is it seems like the pike that you catch are quality. You don't have a ton of those smaller ones. They got a pretty healthy balance in there. Um, Perch population is decent, but I don't know how big they're getting. Um, for the for the main part, though, it's a uh, it's a walleye factory. It really, truly is. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. One of our good friends, Jason Rylander, is on the show today. And Jason, tell us your story on on how you got into fishing and and made your way into the guide biz. Grew up fishing. You know, my dad took us out as much as he could. He wasn't uh, big time into fishing as a as I kind of have been now. Um, but he took us out from time to time. My grandpa would take us out uh, for panfish. We'd go dig angleworms out of his garden and go just shore fish and, and get a meal of sunfish for the dinner table. And my uncles were pretty big into fishing, so they got me out some. And high school, then we owned a boat. And we took that out and tried to figure out fishing and kind of struggle bust. And went to school in Bemidji and started fishing a little bit more and more and more and more. And Bought a boat in 2007, and and then really dove in, and 
met Matt Brewer out of all, of course, we met Yopal Fishing. So, okay. so we met, and, <laughs> and he needed a, he needed a backup guy, and I said I'd be willing to to take a few trips, and my personality leans well for, for guiding, even we don't always catch limits of fish, but we always have a good time. That's what I always tell people. I said, we're not, we might not catch a limit, but I guarantee you a good time. That's important. And it's, it's just my favorite thing to do. If I've got a free couple hours, I'm going fishing. What is it about fishing you find so appealing and entertaining? The, the anticipation, the anticipation and excitement of the next bite, because you don't know if I'm dragging a night crawler around on a weed edge, you never know what you might reel in. Mm-hmm. You know, you might, it, okay, it's another 15-inch walleye. Oh, nope, this one's 28. Oh, this is a 5-pound bass. Oh, this is a 12-inch perch. It's, you never know what's what's down there necessarily. We were, I was just talking about this with a client last week is it would be fun if you caught a big walleye for it to have a label on it that said, this is the fourth biggest walleye in the lake. There's three <laughs> bigger ones, right? Or if you catch you catch that 31-inch walleye. Well, now, is this the biggest? Did I just catch the biggest walleye in this lake? No, not a chance. You never catch the biggest fish in the lake, right? There's always a bigger fish, right? Right. That's, that's what excites me and keeps me going back is I'm going to catch that biggest fish one day. I'm going to catch the biggest walleye in, in whatever lake I'm fishing. I know a lot of guides... They have a lot of passion for their sports. Um, it's, but it's, it's a different game when you're guiding. I mean, you, you got a little pressure on you because, you know, they, they, they want to feel a tug, right? Mm, absolutely. And it's what I've, what I've learned over the handful of years here that I've been guiding. And I'm not doing trips every day, you know, that, Kev. I'm, right. I'm 15, 20, uh, 20 a summer and, but uh, these people are on vacation. They're having a good time. This might be the only time they fish every day. And I'm always, walleye, 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 walleye. They want to catch walleye. They want to catch walleye because that's what we're in Minnesota, and that's what we do. And, you know, a lot of some, sometimes it's, some days those walleyes aren't biting. Right. But you know what they'll always bite is a perch or a bluegill or a pike. And those people just want, they just want to reel in fish. So if you just... Just go do a maybe maybe try a method where we're we're going to catch multiple species doing something and not trying to bang my head against the wall trying to catch a walleye on a day that the walleyes aren't cooperating. And that's what I've really started doing a lot more of, and, and just putting a bend in the rod, especially when you get kids in the boat. Yep, you got to keep them busy, and and that there's no there's no favorite more favorite thing I do is when I pull up to the dock for a guy trip, and it's a dad and a, he is. 11-year-old son, 12-year-old son. That's my favorite trip. Or daughter. You know, with a dad and a kid. That's my favorite trip. Because I'll get on the kid's side, get them a couple fish, and now we start picking on dad. <laughs> oh, we got the fish. We got the biggest one. And, and the kid's has got a smile on his face. And if the kid's got a smile on his face, mom or dad, mom and dad are happy. That's what they brought them out there for. Yeah, that, that, that's very true. When it's just you and, and your kids, what's your favorite fish to fish for? Well, what I every time I take my boys, you know, they're nine and seven now. I ask them, I said, "What do you guys want to fish for?" 
And every time it's the same answer. They want to go for walleyes. Yep. We, we've done the panfish thing, and I just think they, they're they eating snacks and drinking soda and having a good time. They don't, you know, typically when I take the boys, we're going to, we'll run bouncers or do something with a rod holder maybe. Although my oldest now is getting pretty good with a, running a rig and a big minnow. So that's okay. been fun. We did that over the 4th of July, and he got, said he got the first bite, and he's feeding line, and I said, okay, now flip the barrel and just reel into the fish, cut the hook. He did it perfect, and then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, he's like, Dad, are you going to net this? And I'm like, well, you didn't tell me you had a bite? And, <laughs> oh, gosh, now you're doing it all on your own. <laughs> this is a pretty proud moment. and No kidding. So they, they like the bigger fish. Yeah. Boys like the bigger fish. All right. So they haven't they haven't experienced bass yet, or have they? No, not really. We'll probably work on their casting, and Dad's probably got to buy more bass equipment. <laughs> <laughs> get get down there with Durham and learn some of his bass tricks, so I can teach them and get them out. Well, here's how I'll, you. I'll keep them on. I'll keep them on walleys as long as I can. But I know, you know, if they want to join that high school team that that's starting up and. When they get a little bit older, you know, that's a bass thing. So I suppose I better start learning a little bit more about the, <laughs> how to catch a largemouth. Yes. And, hey, when you need that new bass equipment, just tell your wife that it, it works for sturgeon, too. Sturgeon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. White spinnerbait, a plastic worm, and a frog. I, that's kind of my limit. That's, that's what I know about bass right now. I think I need to probably expand my horizons a bit. All right, sounds awesome. Hey, if people are still looking to book you, uh, you still got some spots available, or are you pretty booked up for the rest of the year? No, I, I'm kind of a the last minute backup guide for Matt, but you can you can find us on Facebook and the interwebs, uh, NorthCountryGuideService dot com. Give Matt a call out there. Or you can call me direct two one eight seven six six seven seven eight one. All right, he's Jason Rylander. He is an outstanding guide from North Country uh, Guide Service here in the in the Bemidji area. Jason, we love having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for giving me a call, Kev. I appreciate it. Now we go fishing. <laughs> the South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.